0: Blue iron. Up to last. Oh, blood by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again.
1: The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton. Darius Garland.
0: Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it, young ball Continues to wear
1: him up. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland? Colin Sexton backcourt. What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your
0: host, Justin Rowan.
1: With me today is my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter,
0: how you doing, buddy? Doing well. It's Sunday afternoon. The Cavaliers were not able to uh, fight their way to a second consecutive win this time against the Bucks, and uh, their six-game road trip has concluded. Thank God. Hopefully, the (laughs) team will get back, will get healthier soon. because oof, they are just so beat up. It's so hard to evaluate much, but we're gonna do our best. Yeah, we're, we're firmly in the eighth venture
1: pet, or not Ace Ventura. Dumb and Dumber pets are hit, falling off uh, stage of the calves, but at the same time, even without a head, they're still playing fetch. They are still competitive. They're they're still battling, and I, I'm impressed. Like, um, I, I think uh, so Justin,
0: just to be clear, you're the kid, the blind kid from Dumb and Dumber, that's just petting the headless bird, going pretty yes. birdie, yeah. pretty birdie except that headless bird
1: is doing tricks i'm really impressed jb bickerstaff has taught a dog a new trick and I'm, I'm impressed by him i i think we should actually start off by giving him some credits so um friend of the podcast spencer davies had a, a good uh article on the calves big lineup uh chris fedor did one as well uh i'll give credit to spencer because he was out ahead of this and uh i like supporting our people but I'm just really impressed by him finding ways to make this work like it's ugly. It's not fun basketball. It's fun from a novelty standpoint, and maybe novelty has a role in how effective this is early on. Just like we saw when Houston went really, really small, teams didn't really know what to do with it. But you still have to give them credit for coming up with an effective game plan. I mean, the Dotson with four centers, or I I guess uh, Larry Nance playing shooting guard and three other centers lineup was just one of the more entertaining looks I've ever seen.
0: Well, I mean, he's got the, the kind of ground, uh, the, the air cover to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. Cause yeah, that's true. Doesn't really have a whole lot of players with a pulse right now. I think they've only had, what, nine guys that are even healthy enough to play uh, most mm-hmm. of these games recently, including some people who I don't think he ever intended to play early on. So, you know, I think that he's ha- he's got the air cover, but I'm much more impressed. And I don't know what the percentage of this is pride if it's happy to be back after nine months of basketball if it's some way that they're motivating and their time this team's still playing super hard in games where you kind of would not uh begrudge them starting to mail it in like whenever they've lost it, sure there have been a few moments like and, and frankly they also have played a really demoralizing set of teams that should have made these games enormous blow like the Magic aren't going to win the East here, but they're they're super hardworking team that dogs you on the perimeter and makes you work for everything you get. Like these are the kind of teams that you would kind of expect them to pack it in on with mm-hmm. only one healthy guard on the entire roster. And the fact that they haven't, I think, is a, maybe a testament to JB. I'm not in that locker room, but someone's doing something right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to credit the
1: the whole coaching staff, and I, I think your point about the opposition is a, a good one because. These are teams with strong perimeter defense. Like, they they should make it more difficult for them to initiate their sets. And, yes, they are unconventional sets, and that plays a role. But the, the fact that they've been able to hang around uh, has really, really impressed me. And it, it's also, I, I mean... There's opportunities in this. So, like, I don't think anything we're seeing right now is a reflection of how good this team is. Like, we're not really getting a sense for what the Cleveland Cavaliers are because there's so few guys that are core pieces that are still playing. But I do think that it is kind of an, an interesting opportunity to get a look at someone like Lamar Stevens, who maybe is a little shot happy right now, but I, I've liked what he's brought overall. Um, I, I think it's interesting to look at Isaac Okoro. Uh being tasked with doing a little more than he's comfortable with and and seeing how he struggles like i I think that can be informative um it's just kind of an interesting time to watch the Cavs. like it's almost like a science experiment at this point rather than a reflection of what they actually are
0: yeah i mean if anything it kind of shows you what is going to continue to be transferable like we talk about the turnovers and i just think this team's going to force turnovers all year at this point you know at a certain point, like we're one seventh of the way through the season, like they're still forcing a turnover one out of every five opponent possessions. Larry Nance and Andre Drummond are still top three in deflections. Like I don't think this stuff is really going away because the personnel that's missing is the kind of personnel that leads to kind of juicing the offense. But you know, the, the core pieces are still doing their job. I do think we're learning a little bit about Isaac Okoro, which is that, his ability to set attack a set defense is probably more limited than we thought it was going to be going in. Yep. Um, I don't think he, you know, like I, I meant we were talking on our discord during that last game against the bucks where, you know, he had just a pretty brutal game finishing and someone said, Oh, well, you know, I remember Garland missing a lot of easy ones last year. I'm like, Yeah, well, Garland was kind of able to generate easy ones. Okoro's handle is so limited right now that, and the fact that he's not an explosive above-the-rim player, that he's not able to generate angles that allow him to finish off the dribble right now. Yeah, I,
1: I agree. And uh, the, the Bucks matchup was particularly difficult with Chris Middleton on him. Uh, th- there was one nice play where he blew by Middleton, but for the most part, uh, th- he was really affected by the length that they have. Um, I, I do find that this is interesting because this is another example of why context is so important in the NBA. Like you saw what Isaac Okoro did when there was more talent around him. He filled in the gaps. He wasn't being asked to do too much. And now he's really in kind of that Sexton year one role, right? Where the, you're not really getting a lot of assistance. This is what it would be like if you were drafted at a team that's basically starting from scratch. And it honestly reminds me on the offensive end. Um, a little bit of Tristan Thompson when he was first drafted to the Cavs, where this is a guy that looks better when he plays with better players. And there's obviously opportunity for him to tighten up his handle, uh, for him to improve as a player. Like, it are so, so early in his career. And I, I think all the qualifiers that we expected um, going into the season of shortened training camp, uh, now he's coming off an injury. Like, it was such a quick turnaround this is kind of what you expected, right? Like we got excited because he looked like he was ahead of the curve, but once the the support structures and and the things that were in place that let him fill a role so well uh, are removed, you see that, yeah, there is a lot of room for growth from him. I'm I'm still really impressed by his defense. Obviously the, the game against Memphis was just wild. Like it's nice that he can have a positive impact, but on the offensive end, it, it's clear like he needs more support. He needs someone to create looks for him. He needs to have a team that he's filling a role
0: at this point of his career. Frankly, what he needs is to only attack in advantageous situations. You know, what What are his best splash offensive plays this year? It's been, you know, the game winning dunk against Memphis when he just got spaced out on by his defender and he was able mm-hmm. to make a great cut. Um, it's been attacking bad Closeouts and that's pretty much it. Oh, and in transition, which is the yep. other place you get easy buckets. He's not getting anything on his own right now. And you know, that's okay. I will say in terms of projecting him out, and I'm not I hope this won't be perceived as uh, overly uh, negative. I do think the more I've seen of him as a finisher, as that kind of below the rim finisher, I nudes, so You mm-hmm. can hear her shaking her shaking in the background. <laughs> Uh, that's Justin's dog for any new listeners. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that I'm the is more important for him than I thought it was going to be coming in. I think that's actually the first step to him being a good offensive player, as opposed to the last step, in my in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good observation. Um, it It's going to take some time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I
0: don't want to. And I'm not I'm not worried, to be clear. I'm just trying to project like what's his road to being an offensive player that I'm happy to see the ball in his hands because right now a lot of he's playing a little scared right now frankly that then you know what you know how he's playing he plays how I play when I jump into a run that's a little too good for me
1: <laughs> yeah, Come, that's exactly cup, what a couple like. dribbles
0: yeah. and pass it away okay yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no I've run no. my set I've gone and set a pick I've done my job but I am not really uh, equipped at a skill or athleticism level to hang, so I'm just going to not bother anyone. That's yeah, kind of no, his play right now.
1: No, no risky plays that have a high no. variance in outcomes. Yeah, you. you, you and I, I think that's a, a really good observation. And I don't think it's being critical or being negative, right? Like I think properly identifying what he needs to improve on and where he struggles is instructive because then you can monitor the progress as it happens right like that's one of the main things we're looking at right now because you're (laughs) i mean we're not exactly invested in the wins and losses right now right like we're 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 invested in kind of long-term vision for this team so
0: well and i will uh, say this and i just to kind of counterbalance this if a rookie is having the kind of problems that we're talking about normally that's an enormous red flag right mm -hmm. Like oh he doesn't look like he can really hang out there offensively as a as a six five six six wing, um and I'm not concerned at all which really speaks to all the intangible plays he's making right now you know mm-hmm. I like I I summed it up after that 42 minute zero point game against Detroit the double overtime game where I was like I saw a couple national people concerned like oh how did he like how did he only get four shots up and not score and I thought oh well I thought he was really good in that game. So like, that's the kind of nice thing about the kind of player he is. And I already um, bemoan when he's not on the floor on the defensive end of the ball where I'm like, man, like, like, cause like just shutting off point of attack scorers is just something the Caps have not been able to do for years and years and years. And he's already really advanced in that area. He's the best perimeter
1: defender on the team. I I don't think that's hyperbole at this point. And yeah, I, I we talked about how it's weird for other teams to defend the Cavs, because right now they're playing so unconventional. It's also weird for a guy that's learning to play in the NBA that is trying to adjust to the speed of the NBA. And this is as unconventional of a situation as we've ever seen, right? Like, um, we, we the calves were shorthanded before it became in vogue. Like we we did it before it was cool, and it, it's funny because you see people talk about okay, well the league built in a buffer right now to postpone games. When are they going to postpone games? This isn't uh, uh sample size, and this isn't reflective of what these teams are because there's so many guys either with injuries, COVID protocols, or actually testing positive um, that teams just don't have guys available right now. And I, I think one of the concessions that the league and the players made this year was, yeah, we understand that it's not going to be fully representative. It's a shortened season. There's going to be guys missing time. Um, we, we built in buffers, but as long as you have the minimum number of guys, like that's, that's the precedent go. right now, right? Like, yeah, that's, I... that's the rule. We, we, we already know one game got postponed because there wasn't enough guys. They know that if they postponed every single game, because it's not going to be, uh for ideal roster,
0: competitively
1: yeah then then you're never going to get through this season so
0: yeah um, i i'm with you and i do think that it was funny when this season was being discussed you'll remember there were some discussions a while ago about not starting till march because mm-hmm. owners had dreams of getting fans back in the arena and they decided to start it in december instead and what that felt to me was a concession that this year was never going to be what we wanted it to be and their focus became let's get 2021-22 next season back on schedule when the world is relatively normal again god may it please be relatively normal again and i think what we what i originally took that to mean in the moment was yeah we're just not gonna have fans and that stinks and maybe there'll be a tight turnaround but really what i think i should have taken it to mean is nothing is going to be exactly as we want. You
1: yeah, know, I, exactly. the
0: basketball product is not what I want it to be right now. Um, the The availability of the players is not what I want it to be right now. You know, the, the the protocols do leave you cold, but, like, there is a degree of, like, structurally they kind of have to or you can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not trying to carry water for the league. And there's some stuff that I find very confusing. Like, I, mm. I straight up don't understand – where contact tracing starts and stops like if if a player tests positive and he has been playing on the same basketball court with his team how is that not contact tracing i don't understand Mm -hmm. but you know what i'm thrilled to not need to you know like ideally you know like this is why you know collective bargaining matters so much is why players players union needed to hammer this out with the league and you know, I think it's just going to be a little unsatisfying this year. Like, it's just going to be like we just kind of have to take our medicine with some of this stuff because it's not going to be ideal.
1: Yeah, and I find it convenient that you did not stream this podcast. We we are not going live because all around Carter's room right now there are buckets of water, and he's wearing an iHeart Adam Silver shirt. Um, uh-huh. So this this water carrier man, he he's putting in his work. I I agree, man. Like it's it's tough, like. It's uncomfortable, right? Like and, and I think that we understood that, but maybe not the, the full extent of what this was going to be. Um, like we I, I think your point of next season is the one that we're hoping is normal is a good one because we're going to make a lot of concessions this year. It's not going to be <laughs> representative of what these teams are. And um, like there may I, I don't I don't think we're we're gonna sit here and pretend that we have all the answers, right? Like we we don't pretend that we're experts when we're not. Uh, on basketball things. We sure as hell aren't going to do that with COVID. Um, but like, none of this is clear cut. Like, people talking about potentially postponing right now, you can do that, but there is a downside to that of, okay, well, now you have the precedent that you're going to postpone anytime things start to get a little shaky, and that's going to delay the season. You also have the issue of all of a sudden now guys aren't practicing, they're not playing, you increase your injury risk. Like, there's so many factors that the league has to consider right now. And I, I just don't think there's any clear cut answers. Like, no, uh, I mean, this is the problem.
0: You know, when you go to design a league there and a schedule and these kind of protocols, what I think if, if anyone who is being critical really sat down and tried to do this. I think they'd realize that you, it's a, it's just an exercise in making concessions yeah. and, and, and it's a dam that, you know, you plug one hole and another one pops out. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't, I, I just, you know, like there is a certain degree of like, Hey, if, if you, if you're not okay with a little messiness, you just needed to not have the season. And you know what? I, I get it. I get that take. Um, but you know, I, and, and, you know, the, the next counter would be, hey, players agreed to this too. You know, they did.
1: Yeah, there, there was an opt-out period, right? Like yep. the, the people I'm actually thinking about more are staff. the support staff. Like yeah. it, we, um, there was a good feature ESPN did uh, about training staff that, that's put in the situation. And the, the last people I'm blaming right now is the teams, right? Because this is all kind of league level stuff. And these guys are, everyone's trying to do the best they can. Uh, you got the support staff that didn't have an opt-out. Uh, a chance to opt out. And I guess everyone does in in some way, but you need the money, right? Like it's your way of life. You don't have the same flexibility players may have. And I'm almost at the point where I'm just wondering, because the optics are going to be bad no matter what, I wonder if the league is just going to go about privately sourcing vaccines the same way that they did with testing. Maybe you start, like the league does that in addition to helping out Uh, support vaccine distribution infrastructure and donations same way they did with testing before the bubble where they helped the surrounding community like you might just have to eat it because you're talking about five um, I guess a thousand doses because uh, you need to receive two but I, I mean we've probably had more than that uh, go bad because the, the the distribution is bad right now and a lot of ones are getting wasted. I wonder if they just kind of bite the bullet and say, hey, I know the optics aren't great. The, I think the NHL is doing this uh, where they're just saying optics be damned. We're, we're just going to get this done so that we can uh, have as close to a normal season as possible and just go forward that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, Justin. First off, you're gonna get us in trouble with this. I hope you know that we're gonna. Someone is gonna yell at us for the for the the speculation. Um, oh no, no,
1: it's. I'm I'm just. Uh, it, this is not saying what they should do or what they shouldn't.
0: I I don't. It, it it's tough. It's tough. I will say this. It would be a tough line to cross back on because. Yeah. Adam Silver said, I believe he said something along the lines of like, unequivocally, we are not going to cut in line for vaccines. Okay, well, then, then, then that rules that um, out. Uh, you know, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and maybe I'm maybe I'm misattributing that. It's very possible. Yeah. But I, you know, ultimately, I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. And frankly, they're probably not that far off from herd immunity. Not saying that they should chase it. But like, what was it? 10% of the league tested positive on the yeah. way in. Uh, yeah, this, just this on
1: a random December day,
0: essentially, right? <laughs> yeah, so, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're pretty close to herd immunity already. But, by yeah, the way, but, not but that I, we I, want I, that. Not that we want that. Let me be very clear to our listeners. We're not saying that the NBA should just get, go get infected like some yeah, people. Yeah, just
1: everyone go inject. I. But, I mean, at the same time, guys that have already had it, like, KD had it and he, because he was exposed, he did not take part, right? Like he still had to do the contact tracing because he, he could still potentially carry it and give it to other people. Right. So maybe, maybe the solution is just, we're going to change the rules surrounding the, uh, hardship exception. Uh, you don't have to wait as long, expand rosters further.
0: Um, they should maybe have. It's called, that, maybe... That's, that's the one spot where I think the league failed. Why are we not having 17 man rosters this year? Yeah, like, maybe it call, feels off, like a call off
1: the G League bubble, call off the G League bubble and have what baseball had, where you had kind of the travel team that practice with the team in the home market, didn't travel with the team, but they were ready to be called up if need be like that. That might be one of the solutions here, because we, we've already made the concession that this isn't going to be a normal season. So ch- change the roster size, get in, enough people in there uh, like there, there's other solutions. I mean, my, my vaccine one is out there. Um I I'm going to actually pass the blame to Dave Dufour who had posted it as a poll and it was actually kind of funny to see the immediate reactions of that. Um but there there are solutions, right? Like we we'll, we we'll, we'll see what the league does but
0: I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have the answers. Yes, I will say I, I did do a little quick fact check on for myself here to make sure I'm not an idiot. Adam Silver said in an interview with espn Stephen A Smith, ya boy, that the league will quote Never jump the line in any form whatsoever when it comes to players receiving COVID-19 vaccines. So I was correct. It's not gonna happen. Either way, the expanded rosters, it just is insane. Like, think about all the steps the Cavs have had to hit just to finally be able to apply for a hardship exception. Like it seems exactly. insane. Like, like, like shouldn't this be as simple as one, like they already should have had, like, if nothing else, they should have wildly alleviated the hardship exception uh minimums i don't know if 10-day contracts are available yet but they should be if they're not like Mm -hmm. all the all these different things that like make things a lot easier on these teams like i just don't get how we missed this like it just feels like such a no-brainer and the Cavs are out here playing larry nance at the two guard and thon maker at three when there's like like you know and i want to transition to the hardship exception discussion that chris fito reported because the Cavaliers have applied. They're likely going to get it. And there are some really good <laughs> names on the free agent market. They just literally have not been allowed to sign because they're at a maxed out roster. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm. the thing is, like, just like the NBA needs more
1: bodies, so does Blue Wire. And that's why, before mm. we transition to that, I want to talk about Blue Wire Hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at BlueWire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers with BlueWire's top podcasters. I actually just did one of those fireside chats, Carter, it was a lot of fun talking to people that started out. And you will also- It's get fine, I'm hurt her. that I wasn't invited, but okay. Yeah. You, you can blame good friend of the podcast, High Windish, for that. That's um, fine. Uh-huh. And you also get access to our community Discord and e-learning courses full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience acceptance since the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box in this episode to find out more that's bwhustle.com
0: join carter hold on before we pivot off because i just want to continue to reiterate this is an amazing deal, and like you know, this isn't. I'm not like one that, like you know, we we're pretty tongue in cheek with our with our ad reads, and we like to have fun. But like, I do just want to take a, an extra step just to call out how good this deal is. Mm-hmm. We used to pay like 25 a month just for our hosting when we were independent before we joined Blue Wire. Like yeah. the the amount of access that uh, Blue Wire gives you. And then they also like, not only that, they offered you support, you know, like our, our series city of champions, like would not have been nearly as good without blue wire support. So there is so much that comes extra that comes with being, you know, doing a blue wire podcast that this hustle idea, I just think it's a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant uh, business idea on the money end. And like anyone who is wanting to start a podcast, I really think you should apply because again, you literally cannot get this. Like you, you could do this, you could spend $15 a month with no support, or you can spend $15 a month with uh, an entire network behind you with people investing in your success. So I just think it's a really good idea. And I wanted to triple shout that out. Yeah, no, I,
1: I completely agree. I mean, it, I think it's such a valuable program. And this isn't just us carrying water and shilling because we will do that. Like if anyone wants, we, we will shill for you. But um, yeah, th- this is a, a really great opportunity. And um, there's a great opportunity opening up for the chaos because they are applying for the hardship exception and they need bodies. <laughs> they really, really need bodies. The the thing I'm curious about is if Garland and Sexton are kind of day to day right now and potentially playing when we get back into home market. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go there because there are a lot of interesting names maybe you add another center because you can never have enough of those um, they're, they're adding a point guard
0: there's <laughs> oh, just no way i i, I don't <laughs> see any world in which they don't add a point guard i think this kind of your
1: disrespect for stretch five john Hansen is really hurting me it, right I, now. it's
0: not a matter of disrespect it's a matter of roster need you know like like delhi i don't know what happened to poor delhi but he's been out with a concussion since preseason so yeah i mean him I, and
1: nance got a concussion in the same game right like they're, yeah they're, it's and, the same and nance has game. been
0: back for for you know a damn near month uh so you know i you know I, i'm obviously worried about delhi they must be too you know as as we as i mentioned chris fedor uh, via his tech service uh broke this news and mentioned who the Cavs were interested in he mentioned shabazz napier jeremy mm-hmm. lynn frank mason Yogi Ferrell, and Emmanuel Moutier, all point guards, all that makes sense. You know, even if Sex Lane comes back healthy, you still don't have Dante Exum for a month. And it, I have no clue when Dele is coming back because I haven't heard a word about it. So, you know, it does feel like they're going to be targeting point guard here. Yeah,
1: I mean, it makes the most sense. Like, we went into this season saying, hey, the Cavs have too many guards. Where are they going to find the minutes? There's a lot of guys that are going to be initiating. And, I mean, this is this is one time that we were wrong
0: and we
1: we were wrong pretty honestly here. Uh, well, this is not we, something we anybody by, expects. Uh,
0: yeah, we were wrong uh but right to be to have the take we had. You know, uh but even so, like I think even if KPJ were there and Sex Lane were back and Winmore were there, I still think they could use an extra point guard. You know, that is the thing with Exxon being hurt um you know, you need someone to take those those 10 to 15 minutes that can also expand to heavier minutes and keep the Cavs in their sets. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I they've been missing the most recently is, like, there is clearly no offense being run right now. Like, Jetty might be getting assists uh, by sheer volume. And Jetty's a fine passer for a wing. I'm not trying to to dig on him or anything. But, like, there's no one getting them into their sets and running the offense right now. So I'm really hopeful they're able to add a point guard and, that can kind of help them bridge this – this time until Exum gets back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, not all assists are created equal, right? Like no one is going to confuse what Jetty is doing as running the offense, right? Like there are assists of, Hey, I was the most recent pass within three seconds of your field goal attempt, uh, swinging on the perimeter, that kind of assist. And then there's what there is Garland does where it's running the sets, make creating high quality shots. Um, Like even Sexton's got a lot better. Like, I, I don't think, I think when you watch the film, it's clear that there's a difference between the type of passes and the ability running offense between Garland and Sexton. But at the same time, like for everyone saying this is the same old Sexton when it comes to passing, they have the exact same number of potential assists a game. between the two of them. And I mean, some of that is Garland is going out there and he's getting guys uh, the ball and they're drawing free throws. And and, um, some of the reason for the difference in assists is where they're getting those shots. Like Sexton's more likely to kick out the three, whereas Garland's creating those kind of high percentage inside the lane passes. But like getting them back would make such a big difference. And honestly, like Deli, as much as he's probably at the stage of his career where he's more coach than player, we've seen him step in, in a pinch. Like he, he did it last season. Yeah. He's someone that knows what the Cavs run. He's someone that is very involved with the coaching staff and he would help a ton. Like it, it would be a big, big difference. And um I, I think it's a good reminder that when it comes to things like concussions and even COVID, like we, can treat it the same as an ankle sprain uh when it comes to -to day-to-day or out long-term but there's really a lot of unknown still when when it comes to that sort of
0: uh issue yeah for sure so uh, of that list and again i'll repeat it shabazz Napier, jeremy lynn frank mason yogi farrell emmanuel mudier anyone jump out to you anyone that you might prefer or not prefer from that group
1: Yeah, I I think Shabazz would would be a really good signing. I I think he probably has the best bet of being able to run an offense. Yogi Ferrell uh, would be the other one. That would be my number two, although he is giving up a ton of size. Uh, He's someone that can at least stretch out the floor, and um, I think he can play alongside our guards once they come back.
0: Um, Honestly, I'm a little surprised Shabazz doesn't have a job right now. Me too. I mean, yeah,
1: like, I, I would have expected that that he he would be on a roster at this point, and especially because there are expanded rosters and there are so many teams in need. It does feel like a good opportunity to go out there and strike and and bring him into the mix.
0: I mean, yeah, for Washington per thirty six last year, he averaged seventeen and five and a half. Like those are perfectly fine per thirty sixes for a backup point guard. And sure, he's not a great defender, but he can get you into your sets. He can hit open threes at a pretty good clip, and. I, yeah, I'm just a little surprised, frankly. Uh, and, you know, I'm hope, and he also can get to the line at an okay rate. He averaged five free throws per 36 as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he makes a ton of sense. I think he – there will be – if they added him, there would be some concerns about Delhi's long-term future on the team, frankly. Like, because uh, he's – I think he's better than Delhi right now, personally. Um, yeah. But what would be nice about adding a player like Napier is – I can imagine a guy like that being a contributor through the rest of the season, not just yeah. a stopgap, because there will be games where that are not good Dante XM matchups that are good Shabazz Napier matchups. Mm-hmm. And I think a guy like him or Farrell make a lot of sense for me. I have to ask any any interest in Jeremy Lin, even just for the like the the novelty of it.
1: I, I would have some interest in him. Um, I, like, I would be game
0: very game. interested as I tuned into that first Len game. Like he might be cooked. He's had some injuries, but could be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, no, no, it, I'm I'm always in for bringing in a name. Like, that's half of why I got excited about JaVale McGee. Like, if it's a name I recognize, that, that's fun. Um, but I, I think I, I could be wrong. I, I thought there was something about how the, the Warriors were retaining his rights or, or there, there's something there. But, I mean, if he's available, sure, I, I would be okay with that. I mean, we can di- dissect these guys and say, well, you know, you're giving up a little bit on the defensive end. We're, we're not, like... Trying to construct a roster that is bulletproof and has no issues in a playoff series and something. Hardship like exceptions
0: like, don't typically come with with silver bullets.
1: Exactly, like we, we are just trying to survive at this point and simulate what a normal roster would look like. So I yeah, I the only player
0: like, I'm not interested in at all is Mudier, who is kind of a go-get buckets kind of point guard, but isn't that great at bucket getting. Yeah,
1: like I I don't think he's really giving you anything that Dotson isn't giving you. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think that's a great comparison. It's like anything that you want. I honestly think the way Dotson has played point guard the last two games is about the kind of play you get from Moutier, you know, especially since Dotson's jumper has been off and Moutier has never been able to shoot. If I'm the Cavs, I've got the number one defense in the NBA right now or something close to it. I'm not sure if last night uh, it changed, but a top three at the least. And I have the worst offense in the NBA because I literally do not have enough go- I do not have enough offensive playmaking to generate advantages. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm looking for guards. who can get that for me, whether it's a great, uh, you know, a formerly very good pick and roll point guard in Jeremy Lynn, uh, Shabazz Napier, who can pull from three a little bit Yogi Farrell, who's a very good attacker off the dribble. Like, boy, could they use some juice off the dribble right now while they wait to get healthy.
1: Yeah. And, uh any life to the pick and roll game would probably make things easier for Drummond as well. Like there's so many times where they're just giving him the ball in post up situations and um, less than ideal spots where, I mean, yeah, like he's might miss three shots and get the offensive rebound each time. And it eventually works out, but it'd be nice if he didn't have to work as hard because I've seen some comments about his body language and things like that.
0: I just think that's Andre, man.
1: It's it to some extent, like it's probably 60% Andre and 40% like, He's had to work his ass off the, out there. Like the, the amount of boards he's battling for, the, the fact that he is jumping all these passing lanes and he's still really competing hard on defense. Like, yeah, he doesn't look like he's having the most fun out there, but he is really working hard still. And I, I think that there's a toll on him because that, that's the other thing we're not talking about is, yeah, there's, there's a novelty to this shorthanded calves and the, the all big lineup and things like that. But when you just have so few guys playing so many minutes, it's going to wear these guys down and it's going to lead potentially lead to further injuries or just being not a hundred percent healthy.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about this with Matt Moore on the podcast recently where he was basically like, I, you know, we'll see how these the Cavs and the Knicks do once their soul has been crushed a little bit, you know, cause like that is a part of being on a team like this where it's easy to try really hard at the front end of the season, but If they, you know, they have one more, you know, trip like this or one more losing streak like this, are they going to start to, you know, lose ten percent off their effort? And dude, it
1: looked like honestly, it looked like that at the start of the Atlanta game. Like I I thought that that was maybe a potential breaking point because they they had lost two games at at that point. Um, Things weren't going well. Things weren't easy for them. They were getting
0: more and more hurt progressively.
1: Yeah, and then when Atlanta let them back into that game, all of a sudden it was like, Okay, we're we're back into it, we're back in the mix and they've been competing ever since. Um, so I, I do think that there's real potential for that. Um, before we wrap things up, we should probably give a shout out to the guys that have been playing well. Um, like I, I think Dotson, even though he's not shooting great, I think he's really contributed at a level that I didn't really expect. Um, the full context of the situation has to be applied there, and also Larry Nance breaking out of his offensive slump. He, he's actually hitting some shots. He had the the perfect game against Memphis and. Uh, was pretty good against Milwaukee. So it's nice to see him start to click a little bit there because you could tell that his confidence was a little shaken in his offensive game.
0: You know how I'm going to put on my cape for? Someone that nobody is putting on their cape for, and I feel bad for him, and that's Jetty Osman. This dude is the lead pick-and-roll ball handler on the Cavaliers right now. (laughs) And he is doing his fucking damnedest. (laughs) Like... (laughs) you know like it's so unfair like i'm seeing people griping about the bad shots he's taking i'm like if if you don't want jetty to take a three off a curl the cavs will take eight threes a game yeah right now he has to take some weird shots right now it is important that he takes weird shots right now on the off chance they go in and i think he's i think he's worked his ass off you know he's had he's averaging five assists in the last five games uh more than that uh if you don't include atlanta where uh you know uh where garland and sexton were still playing i think he, i think he's been he's put in admirable efforts no he's not great but you know what this team needs someone who can put up eight threes in a game and sometimes make four or five of them and you know sometimes what? he's not going to but I, I don't know man i'm just like getting a little grumpy about you about the kind of the jetty discourse on twitter it's like who the fuck else do you want to do this? Like, (laughs) like, you know, like do you want Lamar to take some pull up threes? Like, it's like, it just isn't fair to the guy who has been, you know, miscast. And then he got put into his perfect role and then he got, and we were all happy with him again. And then he got thrust back into a spot where we know it's going to be hard for him to succeed. And then some, and it's like, I don't know, man, I've been, I think Jetty has honestly kept us in games just with, you know, a baseline competency as a pick and roll player. And uh, no, it's not super sexy. Yes, the three point percentage is pretty, pretty hideous. But mm-hmm. but like, I just don't know where else you're getting these kind of attempts and, and and spreading out your shot profile to the extent that, you know, you can survive without him
1: know what it actually reminds me of? And I made this comment before the Cavs got all the way to this situation, but it reminds me of Brooklyn a couple of years ago where they just didn't have talent, but they're like, Hey, just take the, take the shots. Like just yeah, get the, the shot the profile, shots. right? Yeah. Get the shot profile, right? Take the right shots. Um, get those offensive rebounds. Like if we just practice the right habits, you'll one get better at those shots and two, like it just your offense functions better and the offense is ugly. Uh, it's probably the worst offense in the league right now because of who they have, but just take those shots, take, take the, the right shots, run the offense and we'll try to figure things out and continue scrapping on the defensive end. So, you know what? That was a good defensive jetty. I, I think that's a great place to, to wrap things up. Way, way to cape for your boy. Um, we'd love to see it. Do you have anything else to add before we wrap this thing up, Carter?
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind a few more Dean Wade, Dean Wade minutes. Uh, I think he's actually played pretty well, even when he doesn't put up a lot of box score numbers. I like the way he moves his feet on defense. He's okay. about he's you know what he does really well. He's better than you think he should be at a balanced closeout, where he has to run a guy off the three point line but not get blown by. Um, i have not like I don't think he's amazing, but like. I don't need Thon maker minutes anymore. I'd rather those minutes go to Wade because Thon isn't adding much else. And Wade is an actual shooter, not a theoretical shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the Cavs aren't in a space to get him the kind of time he needs to get his jumpers off right now. But overall, I just think he he's a little switchier, a little spacier. And I just I, I've been impressed in the small spurts. You know, I, I he's impressing me on the margins, even though, you know, if you look at his box scores, the numbers really aren't there.
1: Yeah, you know what? Him and Stevens, um, I think, are nice examples of the Cavs kind of taking good chances on kind of these fringe guys that kind of profile like, hey, maybe they can be rotation guys or guys that can fill in and give you rotation minutes. Maybe he's going to play some small forward for us. I mean, with the way things are trending, maybe he gets the small forward nod instead of Thon Maker in the Nance at the two lineup. But hopefully Sexland is back Uh, from a programming standpoint. We will be recording on Wednesday, uh, just because the Cavs are playing Monday, Tuesday makes a little more sense for us to have those two games hopefully we get some of those guys back thank god this road trip is over the Cavs are still 500 and it's mid-January how about that Carter just like we predicted last year before any of this COVID we were like yeah you know what I I think we'll get to mid-January and still be 500 right
0: yep that's exactly what we said big fan good team we're
1: just we're just always smart. We're, we, we always got the right takes. So uh, big thanks to all our listeners. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Things are absolutely crazy right now with the NBA. Hopefully we get some clarity there. Um, and hopefully the Cavs get healthy in the very near future. want to thank you guys again. If you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Downs exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. I will. Whenever you choose to support us we really do appreciate it stay safe out there until next time go cats.